0: Well, good morning. Wonderful to see you. May I add, happy Mother's Day, Uh, because here at this church, we love moms. And to honor our moms who are with us this morning, uh, we're going to take a little break uh, from our regularly scheduled sermon series to celebrate mothers this morning. And to do that, uh, join with me in turning to the book of Titus, book of Titus chapter 2. And as you're turning there, I do hope that all the moms who are here this morning or listening, uh, you know, at home, uh, that you've been thoroughly pampered this morning. Uh, Maybe breakfast in bed, maybe some flowers or a card or some just hugs and kisses or a phone call. Just sort of any of those things that simply say how much, you know, we love you and appreciate you. Because being a mom is not easy. Uh, And I'll be honest with you, it's not getting any easier Uh, in our world today, where things like, even things like motherhood and womanhood are under attack. Uh, We have entire, you know, levels of the government that no longer think it's politically correct to be able to define what a woman is. Uh, That's a crazy world. uh, You know, schools, I read this week, cancelled Mother's Day and turned it into Parents' Day to be more inclusive Uh, Today we have places where biological women are now referred to as birthing persons instead of moms, or even more crass menstruators, which just because, you know, there are some people who think the actual, the idea of a woman is a sliding scale. But I'm going to say something this morning. Hopefully it's not too shocking. Hopefully it doesn't get me into too much trouble, but hold on to your seats. Men and women are different. Uh... (laughs) God created them that way. I don't need clapping. You can, uh, they're, yeah. They're not interchangeable. Uh, They really aren't. Gender is not just a construct made up by society. Uh, Genesis 1, verse 27, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created a male and female. He created them. And you know, women have all kinds of gifts and abilities and intuitions that we as men just don't have. We recognize those differences. And and not only did God create men and women differently, he created the family. And God's plan for the family was that there would be a mom and a dad and kids in a home. Of course, life isn't perfect. It, it doesn't always work out the way that we want. Not every home is going to have a mom and dad and 2.4 kids or whatever the average is anymore. Because life's tough. And, you know, we know that as a family firsthand. As, you know, I'm a single dad. And I can tell you, as a single dad, I know just how important a role a mom can play in a home. We, as a family, we feel that loss. And because of that, I'm aware that Mother's Day can also be a very difficult day uh, for so many people. Um, You know, maybe you're here this morning and you've always wanted to be a mom. And yet, for some reason, that just never happened for you. Perhaps you've not had the best relationship with your mom. You know, where where that relationship has left scars and wounds and celebrating motherhood is something you have a hard time getting your head around. Maybe you've had a mom who's died. Maybe even recently. And you know that makes this day just all the more painful. It comes with grief. Some of you mothers here have lost a child or a grandchild. And that, that's a wound. I don't know if that ever fully heals. You know, some of you have the pain of a wayward child this morning. You know, and there's pain with that and there's guilt with that. Some of you like, may be raising kids all on your own. Some of you may be carrying other burdens, But even on Mother's Day, I think we still need to acknowledge that the world we live in, bad things happen, dreams get shattered, life doesn't always work out according to plan. But in spite of that, mothers are still one of the greatest blessings that God has ever given to us as humanity. Mothers, and especially godly mothers, truly do deserve our appreciation. And we want to celebrate godly moms this morning And again, to do that, we're going to Titus, the book of Titus. If you wanna follow along with me, we're gonna just, a couple short verses, Titus chapter two, verses three to five is what we're gonna be looking at. And it says there, older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderous or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working hard at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you this day, uh, Lord, we want to celebrate moms, but in doing so, we want to celebrate you. Celebrate you and this plan that you had for a family, which is the cornerstone of our society. And Lord, we pray that you would be greatly glorified in all that we talk about today. That we would come to understand that moms are a ministry. Uh, They are fulfilling your work here on earth. Uh, And they have such an important role to play. And Lord, we just, again, just ask that you would focus our hearts and our minds this morning. That we would truly hear from your word the truth you would have us hear. And Lord, we just invite you, through your Holy Spirit, Uh, to be among us, and to, Lord, just to soften our hearts uh, to speak to us this morning. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'll set the scene for Mother's Day uh, with the words of one pastor who kind of put it like this. He said, all over the world this morning, moms are being pushed back into their pillows as children make them breakfast in bed. In the kitchen, you can hear the sound of a mixer whirring as batter is mixed. Then it stops abruptly as a voice cried out, I'm telling. Then a dog barks and another voice says, get his paws out of there and stop letting lick the beaters. Mom has to eat that. (laughs) And that's when mom decides it's a good time to get up and see what's going on. But the youngest child, who's been left to stand guard, pushes mom back into her pillow. Minutes later, mom hears, where's the chili sauce? Followed by, stop bleeding on mom's breakfast. <laughs> and best of all, you started the fire, you put it out. <laughs> and the rest is sort of a blur of banging doors and running water and rapid footsteps. Until finally the children emerge from the kitchen with a tray of burned bacon, a mound of runny eggs and four pieces of cold toast and a lumpy bowl of oatmeal. With black olives on top that spell out the word mom. The kids line up by the bed to watch her eat every every single bite. And from time to time, they ask why she isn't drinking from the liter of prune juice they poured into the glass next to her. Later in the day, when mom may have decided it's easier to move to a new house than it is to clean the kitchen, she may get a chance to reflect on this thing called Mother's Day. Because as much as a disaster as it may have seemed, she realizes that her children have for once given instead of received. And they've offered her her one of the sincerest forms of flattery, trying to do for her what she has done for them every other day of the year. And her children have truly presented her with the greatest gift that a person can give, which is a demonstration of their love. And you know, that is, that's a beautiful thing. Because there are few jobs more difficult, more time-consuming, more frustrating at times, and more thankless than being a mom. I'd almost say it's too bad Mother's Day only comes sort of once a year because moms are definitely worthy of more appreciation. But that's why we're going to look at this passage in the book of Titus, just to help us appreciate the women in our lives who matter. And just as a bit of a background, uh, Paul wrote this letter, uh, the letter of Titus, to one of his disciples named Titus. And at the time, Titus was serving as a pastor uh, to some of the churches on the island of Crete. And Crete, Crete had a bad reputation. Crete was a place that was known for violence, drunkenness, dishonesty, fights, selfishness, deceitfulness. It was Not a good place in a lot of people's minds. In fact, Paul even says earlier in the book of Titus, Titus chapter one, verse 12, it says, one of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Now keep in mind, that's what the people from Crete said about themselves. And then Paul adds in the very next verse, verse 13, he said, this testimony is true, (laughs) which, oh wow, um, The reality was that Crete was not a friendly place for raising a godly family. It was hostile territory. But That also means that it's not that much different from our world today. It's still hostile territory for raising a family. We live in a world where kids are being taught about same-sex relationships that are normalized, the gender-neutral pronouns, there's sex violence on TV constantly. But you know, even in Crete, with that in mind, Paul goes on to give, you know, Titus and the people in his church some very valuable advice on how to be godly mothers in what is often a very ungodly world. And as I talk about this this morning, keep in mind this is not just good advice for moms. Because Paul actually addresses this passage to to all women, not just moms. And much of what he's talking about in this passage is is really applicable to every one of our lives. So if you're not a mom this morning, don't just shut down. There's lots of stuff in here for you as well. Because Paul begins in Titus 2, beginning of verse 3, he says, Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders or slaves to much wine. And here's the four, first point, really, about being a godly mom. Godly moms seek to live a life of godly character. Paul says the women should, are to be reverent, in the way they live. And the Greek word there carries the idea of being temple worthy. Uh, It was a word that applied to the instruments of the the temple that were holy, set apart. They were deemed worthy of being in the presence of God. So reverent women were, were women of integrity. They were women of spiritual strength. They were women who lived just genuine lives of faith. They were virtuous, they were truthful, they were humble, they were patient, they were dependable. You know, even in this passage, as you sort of pull out some of the words that Paul uses, he talks about qualities of self-control and purity and kindness and hard work and love, among other things. And that's that's what godliness looks like. That's what reverent lives look like. And that begins, for any of us, only when we begin to place God first In our lives. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, and especially moms this morning, please hear this. As you set the priorities in your life, it may sound crazy, especially on Mother's Day, but you need to know your families cannot come first. Your kids can't come first. Your husband can't come first in your life. Even your own happiness cannot come first because the only way to get this right is if God comes first in your life. Seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. God talks about loving him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Giving him the time in your life that that he desires and he deserves before anything else. And living out that faith in your life. And if you get that part right, everything else, all of those other things, they're going to find their proper place in your life. But you need to make sure you get God first. Because a godly mother begins as a woman of godly character. And godly character really begins with God. And that character is important. Because that is also something that is rubbing off on the people all around you which we see as we look at verse three. Verse three continues. says, they are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children. And here's our second lesson this morning about godly moms. Godly moms are great teachers. And this is also important to understand about motherhood. You know, someone once said, if you want to know how someone will turn out, if you really want to understand them, take a good look at their mom. In fact, the University of Michigan conducted a nationwide survey a couple years ago of girls between the ages of 11 and 18, and it asked them, "What do you want to be like when you grew up?" And a surprising 80 percent expressed a desire to be like their moms. Our mothers are really our greatest teachers and our best examples. In fact, someone once put it like this. She said, "My mother taught me about genetics." She said, "You're just like your father." My mother taught me logic because she said, because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me foresight when she said, make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. My mother taught me medicine, saying if you don't stop crossing your eyes, they'll stay that way. My mother taught me about anticipation, just wait until your father gets home. (laughs) And my mother taught me justice when she said, one day you'll have kids and they'll turn out just like you. (laughs) Those are just jokes, but, you know, when you do look back on your life, for so many of us, and everything that we sort of needed to know in life, somewhere along the line, our moms probably taught us something essential and gave us an example to follow. You know, there's a woman named Mary Rita Corzan who makes that clear in a poem that she wrote called, When You Thought I Wasn't Looking. She said, when you thought I wasn't looking, you hung my first painting on the refrigerated and I wanted to paint more. When you thought I wasn't looking, you fed a stray cat, and I thought it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, you baked a birthday cake just for me, and I knew that little things were special things. When you thought I wasn't looking, you said a prayer, and I believed that there was a God that I could always talk to. When he thought I wasn't looking, you kissed me goodnight and I felt love. When he thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come from your eyes. And I learned that sometimes things hurt, but that it's all right to cry. When he thought I wasn't looking, you smiled. And it made me want to look that pretty too. When he thought I wasn't looking, you cared. And I wanted to be everything that I could be. When he thought I wasn't looking, I looked. And I just wanted to say thanks for all those things you did when you thought I wasn't looking. Moms, your life is teaching your children in so many ways. So live it well. But before we move on from this teaching, one more thing here, because the most important thing, the most important thing we can teach our kids as moms, as dads, the most important thing we can pass on to our children is to tell them about God. Doing things like reading them the Bible, teaching them to pray, showing them how to apply God's principles to our lives. And best and most important of all, telling our children about the hope that is found in Jesus. Because our responsibility as parents, as moms and dads, is to ensure that our children are hearing the truth of God in our homes. And if we do that, we can make a real and an eternal impact on their lives. You know, just as Paul wrote to one of his other disciples, Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5, he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Moms, you are great teachers. You are great examples for us to follow. And another one of those things that moms give us an example of, another one of those things they teach us, is great love. Just as Paul says, if we continue in verse 4, it says, and to train the young women to love their husbands and their children. And you know, I was thinking this week that mentioning moms and love in the same sentence shouldn't come as a surprise. Uh, because I think that the first thing many of us think of when we think about our mothers is their love. Love really is what makes a woman, a mom. And children need to know that they're loved. They, they, they need to be held. They need to security. They need to be nurtured. And there's no one better at doing that in the home than moms. You know, someone once said, no one else in the world can mean as much to you, to your child as you. And an author named Kate Samperi said, before becoming a mother, I had a hundred theories on how to bring up children. Now I have seven children, and I only have one theory. Love them. And love them especially when they least deserve to be loved. Mothers, you are one of the world's best examples to us of unconditional, sacrificial love. I love a story of a, of a boy who was in math class. His teacher asked him the question, suppose your mother baked a pie and there were seven of you, your parents and you know, your two parents and five children. She asked, what part of the pie would you get? And the boy replied, one-sixth. The teacher said, well, I'm afraid you don't know your fractions. Remember I said there were seven of you. And the boy replied, yes, but you don't know my mother. She would say she didn't want any pie. And that's the essence of a mother's love. It's a love that sacrifices for their families. And that's important because, you know what, love, when you look at motherhood, love is the only motivation strong enough to keep a mom going when times get tough. Motherhood is a a 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week job for the rest of your life. It's been said the easy part of being a mom is giving birth. The hard part's showing up every day afterwards. It's true. Motherhood is demanding. It's tough. It can make you crazy. And yet moms show up day after day, year after year, because they love their children, and love allows them to persevere. But love's not the only thing a mother needs, which is why verse five adds that they must also learn, verse five, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands. And there's a lot going on in that verse and some of those things we're just gonna assume we covered when we talked about godly character. But I'm gonna pull two things that I wanna talk about out of this verse uh, for us to focus on. The first thing I'm pulling out is when Paul says women should be working at home. Uh, NIV says they are to be busy at home and this isn't like moms have to be in the kitchen kind of thing because godly moms this is what the, the lesson is godly moms work hard at being moms because they are dedicated to the great, a great work of being moms and I'll be honest when I read that when Paul wrote that I was like really Paul like you had to tell moms how hard they need to work uh, you need to remind moms just how busy their lives are It's because it's crazy being a mom how hard it is Susan Lang, author of a book called Women Without Children, she says, women who never have children enjoy the equivalent of three months extra a year in leisure time. Moms are expected to keep the house, cook the meals, wash the clothes, take care of children. They give advice about life, comfort in times of hurt. They discipline for bad behavior. Mothers are teachers, they're tidy uppers, they're nurses and doctors and psychologists and counselors and chauffeurs and coaches. Mothers are developers of personality, molders of vocabulary, shapers of attitude. Mothers are all of those things and more. And she says this, no position in the business world even begins to compare to the physical, emotional, and spiritual commitment involved in motherhood. It's no wonder one person joked when a mom has a headache, she needs to follow the advice on an aspirin bottle, which is take two and stay away from children. Moms are busy, and moms work hard. And there's a real danger here. Because there's so many women and so many moms, I think, who are suffering from what I would call the super mom syndrome. Trying to be all things to all people at all times. And it's really, it's just too much. And even though Paul says, you know, these things should keep a woman busy, It's also true that these things can make a woman exhausted. Because the ministry of motherhood is one of the toughest assignments God ever gave to anybody. And you know what? Every mom runs out of steam sooner or later. Moms, I know you get tired. I know you have days when you feel just completely wiped out. I know when you have days when you just feel like giving up. And there's times that you struggle. And I know that even when your children are older and grown, you still struggle emotionally and spiritually with the choices that your kids are making sometimes. So mothers who are here, I've said this before, but on Mother's Day, it's something I think we need to hear all over again. That godly mothers need to learn to depend on the grace of God when they are weak. Motherhood is not a job to be done only in your own strength. Because moms, I think, know firsthand what Paul was talking about when he wrote in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, Where he says, he said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. you got to trust in God for your strength. And for some here, that may be the most important thing that you take home today. Motherhood is too important a ministry to try to do it without Christ. You have to invite Christ into your life, into your home, and into that just the ministry of being a mother and seek his strength as you do so. And then Paul writes as he continues in verse 5. He says, they're also to be subject to their husband. And you know, in today's world, there may be even, that may be even more awkward uh, you know, to our modern artists who, who are hearing than Paul talking about moms need to work hard Um, because there are people who would hear Paul's words there and just think, oh, Paul, he's part of the patriarchy. He's just trying to keep women down. Help, I'm being oppressed, kind of thing. But that's only because we live in a world that has such a poor understanding of what true biblical submission looks like. Because Paul isn't saying, women, don't be uppity. He's not saying, you know, women, you need to be doormats for a domineering husband to wipe his feet on when he gets home from work. What Paul is saying here, and in other passages about submission between a husband and wife, what he's saying is that husbands and wives need to ensure that they are in a right relationship with one another. And there are roles and responsibilities in the home that both the husband and wife need to take seriously. Because there is no such thing as an easy marriage. It takes hard work. It takes discipline. It takes dedication just to overcome the obstacles that we encounter along the way. And problems come in marriage. But the husband and wife must work together to overcome and ensure that that marital bond stays strong. And again, I know that there are some people who they hear that word submit, or as Paul says, be subject to your husbands, and they can't get their heads around it, no matter how hard they try. But you need to know that Following the Bible's advice about marriage is the best way to have the best marriage possible for both the husband and the wife. That's pretty good for your kids too. Because the most important relationship in a family for raising godly children, it's not the relationship between the parents and the children. It's the relationship between the mother and the father. The husband and wife relationship is the backbone of the family. And nothing destroys a family faster than when the mom and the dad are constantly fighting. Loving and respecting your spouse is the best thing that you can do to bless your kids. So let me just add something for the husbands here. Husbands, love your wives. And that's not just me saying that. It's the Bible. First Peter three seven. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman. Colossians three nineteen. Husbands, love your wives, don't be harsh with them. And Ephesians five twenty-five. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, as men, it's been, you know, it's been said that as men, sometimes we take better care of our cars than we do of our wives. And yet we only expect our cars to last, what, 10, 15 years? Our wives need to last our lifetime. We need to take care of them. We need to nurture them. We need to love them. We need to let them know that we care. If you want to give your wife a gift that's going to matter on this Mother's Day, men, give her your time and give her your love. That's what your wife desires. Men, love your wives, love the mother of your children, and wives and moms, keep working and keep committed to your relationship with your husband. And then Paul ends this passage. He wraps it all up with his thoughts at the end of verse five. Because he kind of tells us we do all of these things. Verse five, that the word of God may not be reviled. Moms, you need to understand that the way that you are living It's about more than just raising a family. What you are doing as a mom is actually bringing glory to God because it's not just your kids who are watching. Your neighbors are watching. Your friends are watching. People in your community are watching you. Your co-workers, whoever, they are watching you. And when those people look at your life and your life is lived with dignity and it's lived with love and sacrifice, when they see how your faith makes a difference... And when your life stands out as something truly special and godly, it says something to the world about the truthfulness of the word of God and the faithfulness of Christ. You glorify God. And that's the legacy you're living. And people will notice a life lived like that. And in the end, I can assure you that every sleepless night, every tear that shed, every wrinkle you earn, every gray hair gained as a mom, is worth it. And that's what Paul tells us about being a godly woman and a godly mom this morning. He says that godly mothers are women of godly character. Godly mothers are great teachers and examples for their family. Godly mothers love their families. Godly mothers work hard and yet persevere with the power and strength and grace of Christ. Godly mothers seek to have a great marriage, and godly mothers bring great glory to God. And our prayer today ought to be, God, give us godly mothers. Because that's what the families in our world, that's what our community, that's what our city, that's what our nation, that is what our world desperately needs. So let me close with this advice to all of you. Just this morning, this Mother's Day, take a moment today to thank your mother or your wife just for all the hard work that she does and for all the love that she gives and for all that she is. Just say thank you. And even if you are in a place where you can no longer tell your mom in person how much she means, just take a few moments today just to reflect on the woman that she was and all that she meant to you. Even moms in heaven can be honored on Mother's Day. Because you know what, in this life, There's no higher calling. There's no greater challenge. There's no more harder or more humbling job in the world than that of being a godly mother. And mothers, you cannot know what a wonderful difference you have made. So once again, on this Mother's Day, we want to just say thank you. Because by faithfully living to serve your families, you are truly living for Christ. I first heard this from Chuck Swindoll, but I'll read it to you today All our moms, as we close, it says, Moms, we thank you. We thank you for your example, dependable and godly. We thank you for your support, challenging and reliable. We thank you for your humor, sparky and quick. We thank you for your counsel, wise and quiet. We thank you for your humility, genuine and gracious. We thank you for your hospitality, smiling and warm. We thank you for your insight, keen and honest. We thank you for your flexibility, patient and joyful. We thank you for your sacrifices, numerous and too often forgotten. We thank you for your faith, solid and sure. We thank you for your hope, ceaseless and indestructible. And we thank you for your love, devoted and deep. Mothers, this is your day. May God bless you in it. Happy Mother's Day. Let's pray together. Father God, we are so thankful this morning for godly mothers. And Lord, we're thankful for the family which you created at the very beginning to be just the building block of our society. And Lord, we thank you for the examples of all the godly people in our lives who give us an example to follow who teach us lessons that matter, and Lord, who are just there to support us in all that we do. And Lord, we know that it was your will and your desire, and you created it this way to build community through the family, through a mom and dad in a loving relationship in a home, raising kids. And Lord, as we heard this morning, life isn't perfect. It doesn't always work out that way. And Lord, if there's anyone here who's bringing hurt in their relationship with their mother. Lord, I pray that there would be some healing there, some forgiveness, some letting go of past grievances. And Lord, for those who are here and they're mourning and they're grieving, Lord, I pray that that this Mother's Day would also be a day that you would bring comfort to them in the midst of their loss. And Lord, we just pray that Well, we're just so thankful for the godly moms in our midst and the example they live, the way they live, their ministry to us through the lives that they are living, the service they give. And Lord, I pray that they would just continue to seek their strength from you in all that they do. And that, Lord, by living their lives as godly moms in the home for their families, that, Lord, they would greatly glorify you in all that they do. And that they would be a testimony to the world around of how family should be. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, you would just bless the moms who are here this day. Bless all the godly women who are here among us, who give us, again, who teach us so many lessons and give us examples to follow. And thank you that, Lord, we have people like this who have just poured into our lives so many things. And I pray, Lord, we would find ways just to say thank you. And Lord, we thank you for godly moms in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.